Hi there, and welcome to Scrum Dynamics Podcast, episode 14. Our mission is to help every Microsoft customer and partner achieve their desired outcomes by successfully deploying Dynamics 365 using the Scrum framework. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your Scrum Dynamics host, Neil Benson. Thanks for downloading this podcast. We really appreciate you all listening and sticking a little bit of Dynamics magic into your ears. If you're not already a subscriber to the CRM Audio network of fine Dynamics 365 and Power Platform podcasts, can I ask you a favor? Can you click on the subscribe button in your podcast player of choice? Mine is Pocket Cast. It works great on my phone and my Sonos speakers through Alexa. Also, tell your friends and family about CRM Audio. If they're Dynamics geeks, and if they're not, just tell everyone you work with. Subscribing to the CRM Audio Network can seriously boost your Dynamics 365 career. At least that's what Joel Lindstrom keeps telling me. Even better than listening to the podcasts, your Dynamics career could get an even bigger boost if you became the star of the show. I'd love to interview people at Microsoft customers or partners, or indeed anyone at Microsoft, about their attempt to apply the Scrum framework to their Dynamics 365 projects. Whether it's working well for you, or you've had a stumble or two, please get in touch and we'll get you on the show. You can find me on LinkedIn by searching for Neil Benson. Thanks to Analgic for their generous sponsorship of this episode. Mapletics by Analgic is a market-leading, certified for Microsoft Dynamics 365 geo-analytical mapping app. Mapletics empowers users with powerful map visualization and writing capabilities within Dynamics CRM to drive better sales, improve business processes, and engage the right customers at the right time. Mapletics works with Dynamics 365 version 9 and the Dynamics 365 app for mobile and tablet. Analgic is a leading Microsoft Gold Dynamics CRM ISV, delivering best-in-class Dynamics 365 solutions, as well as cost-effective and high-quality programming services. For those of you who have listened all the way to the end of the Scrum Dynamics podcast, you'll know that there's a special offer for listeners who want to get up to speed quickly with Scrum for Dynamics 365 and gain their professional Scrum Master certification with Scrum.org. I'm not saying you have to listen to the last 30 seconds of every episode, but you're missing out if you don't. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about endings in this episode. I'd like to talk about beginnings. I'm about to begin a new Dynamics 365 project. In fact, it kicks off later on today. I'm recording this first thing in the morning. We're going to be using the Scrum framework, of course. The first sprint kicks off on Tuesday, one week from now, and I thought it would be interesting to share with you the journey over the course of the project. I'm not sure if I can tell you the name of the Dynamics 365 customer yet. I'll check into that after I record this episode, and if I can use their name, I'll update the episode intro. I can tell you that they are a member-owned and extremely member-focused financial services organization here in Australia with over one and a half million members. The program is called Jupiter, and our mission is to replace two legacy systems that are used every day by over a thousand frontline consultants to serve the members. One is a 20-year-old product management and billing system, and the other is a 10-year-old CRM system. Both were custom-built and are in need of modernization. So we're going to be replacing them with Dynamics 365 for customer engagement for CRM and the Aptus Omni quote-to-cash platform for product and revenue management. I'm the delivery lead for the Dynamics and Aptus workstream, while other delivery leads handle business and change, quality assurance, uh, data migration, systems integration, 
and changes to a myriad of downstream systems that are impacted by the change of these two legacy systems. Jupiter will push the organisation closer to an agile approach than they've ever been before. At least that's my hope. They've never really used Scrum. Or if they have, I haven't found the skeletons of those agile delivery leads who tried before me. I love the beginning of new projects. I don't know about you. In the last 10 years, I've led four or five large enterprise projects that have lasted a year or two years, as well as overseeing and participating in dozens of other smaller projects. So I really only get to work with an organization on the launch of their CRM project every three or four years, and it's still a great feeling. When you're launching a project, it's an opportunity like for a fresh start. You have a chance to apply everything you've learned, good and bad, from previous projects and all the books you've read and the courses you've taken in between when you start a new project. You can take a fresh approach, try new ideas, take measured risks and experiment with novel methods. You also get to work with new people. So far in the Jupiter project, I've met dozens of people who'll be working on the program full-time for the next year or two. Three people joined my Dynamics team this week, and nine more people joined this morning. It's been fun meeting and recruiting 12 new Dynamics team members to all start together at the same time, on the same project, when none of us have worked together before. We're going to deliver Dynamics 365 using two squads. I called them teams until last week, when our new Scrum Master, Carol, told me she wants to call them squads. Spotify, one of the poster organisations for agile software development, call their groups squads, chapters, tribes and guilds. Those names are, Carol tells me, being adopted in other agile organisations, so we're switching from scrum teams to squads. In each squad, we've got people who specialise in requirements analysis, systems analysis, Dynamics 365 configuration and customization, Dynamics development and integration, and architecture and design. We've got a unified service desk specialist. We've got Carol, our scrum master, who's going to be the scrum master for both the squads, and a DevOps engineer to help the team, sorry, the the squads, with continuous integration, continuous deployment, and automated testing. Apart from Carol and me, most of the Dynamics 365 squad members have only a little experience with scrum. My role is just to make sure that, you know, no one's shoelaces are tied together or anything crazy. In all my other projects, I've either picked up from where another implementation team had left off with their attempt to implement Dynamics C65 or CRM, or I've started a new team on a fresh Greenfield project, but that team has been really small, one or two people, and grown over time. I've led bigger teams than the Dynamics C65 squads on the Jupiter program, but I've never started a brand new project before with a team that this size who are all starting a new job on the same day. When I've grown my project teams from two or three initial members upwards to 10, 20 or 30 team members, they've all arrived over a few months. They've each been individually onboarded and that's a really inefficient process. I try to prepare an onboarding pack for new team members and maintain our project documentation so that it can be digested by new team members when they join. But it always feels like a drag on everybody's time, and I'm sure that the team members still feel that they're being thrown in at the deep end. Some people thrive in that situation, but, you know, most don't, and it takes several weeks to become anywhere near productive. One of the best things about Jupiter, and hiring so many new people at once, is O-Week. O-Week, 
which is kind of Australian for orientation week, is a phrase we've borrowed from Australian universities. In the UK, we call it Freshers' Week. I'm not sure if there's a similar concept at universities in other parts of the world, but it's the first week of university or college where there are lots of special events to help new students get the most out of their first term. It's a crazy week normally of finding your way around the campus, including tracking down a decent coffee shop, meeting so many new people, trying to read lots of documentation filled with jargon you're struggling to comprehend, and doing your best to socialise with your new dorm mates. So the Jupiter programme has lined up an O-week for our new squad members. We've got a first day scheduled with a warm welcome, including a morning tea in about three hours from now, and then some icebreaker sessions to introduce the programme team members with all the new Dynamics 365 squads. For introductions, I've asked the Dynamics team to tell their origin story, explain their avatar or a mascot, or share a story about a personal item. Then we've got over 40 people to introduce themselves, so it'll be a rapid-fire session. To make it easier, we've got name badges, name tags on desks, and a printout of everyone's name, photo, and role on the project. Tomorrow, we're off to headquarters for a full day of induction run by the HR, Learning and Development Department, who have lined up the organisation's chief executive and his leadership team to introduce the organisation's values, history and different lines of business to all the new hires that have joined in the last month or two. Most organisations wouldn't include contractors in their induction day, but I think it's a sign of this organisation's values and the strategic importance of the Jupiter programme that they've decided for the first time to include such a large team of contractors to join the induction day. So I'm really thrilled about that. On Wednesday and Thursday, we start to dive deeper into the technologies. I'll be presenting our plans for Dynamics 365, talking about Unified Client, Unified Service Desk, Logic Apps, and some of the big design challenges we've got around defining customers and tracking activities and so on. We'll have sessions from the other delivery leads on Aptis, Business and Change, Quality Assurance, Data Migration, and Systems Integration. We also have one of our business leads presenting the initial product backlog. A few weeks ago, I used my Scrum road mapping method to help us identify the 15 user roles and 70 epic user stories that we need to deliver over three big tranches in the next 18 months. Our business leads own that roadmap now and the more detailed product backlog that they've been producing from it. Carol, our Scrum Master, and I will be presenting a couple of sessions to introduce the squads to Scrum. I've already given the Dynamics 365 folks access to my course, but we'll be discussing how we're planning to apply Scrum to the Jupyter program. And then there's a second session around the agile practices we're planning to add to Scrum. For example, the the, uh, Kanban boards, we're going to be talking about how we're going to use physical boards, as well as Jira to track our work, uh, planning poker, and relative story points, which I've talked about previously on episode 11, for estimating our backlog items, uh, user story writing, invest, story splitting, story mapping, chores, spikes and refactoring, uh, things like emergent design, collective ownership. We're going to get together our definition of ready and definition of done and prepare a social charter. We're going to talk about given, when, then and behaviour-driven development, test-driven development and automated unit testing. We're going to be talking about item solutions, release solutions and frequent automated releases, as well as continuous integration and continuous deployment. We'll spend Friday and Monday in Storytime workshops to refine the high-priority user stories and ensure that they're ready to start development when Sprint 1 kicks off on Tuesday a week from now. 
That's just one week and one day after the Dynamics squads started on Jupiter. You might have noticed that I mentioned business leads there. I didn't refer to our product owner. One of the unusual, and I have to admit, the more uncomfortable aspects of the Jupiter program is that we don't have a product owner. In my Dynamics 365 projects using Scrum, I need a product owner. I always ask for one product owner who has the trust of all the groups of users, the project sponsor, and who can make the tough decisions to prioritize one requirement over another in order to maximize the value of Dynamics 365 so that we can meet the organization's desired business outcomes. The Jupyter program doesn't have a product owner. I can understand the reason why. It's truly an enterprise-wide program and there isn't anyone in any of the different lines of business that sufficiently understands or has the trust of the other lines of business. I get that. That's a tough spot to find ourselves in. So it's a risk to my successful delivery. And if you never hear me mention the Jupyter program again, that's probably because I failed to overcome this hurdle. What we do have, though, are three very capable business leads that are representing their lines of business. They're experienced, they're bright, they're committed, and best of all, they're aligned and share a single vision. Who knows? Maybe having product owners is a bit like having children. When you have one, it's a challenge because they always want your attention, but compared to having one, having two is a complete nightmare. But once you've got two, then adding a third seems like no problem at all. Well, well, that's what I'm hoping anyway. There are a few other yellow warning flags as we kick off the Dynamics D65 work stream. One of them is the backlog. I wish there was a better defined product backlog at this stage. For the past couple of weeks, we've had lots of debate about how to best structure the backlog between issues in Jira and pages in Confluence. This debate has, I think, slowed us down from just getting the high priority, high value user stories refined and ready to go. But we've got one more week before development starts and the business leads, subject matter experts, and business analysts are all really starting to rally around the backlog now and whip it into shape. The other big risk is that we're going to take a while for two brand new Dynamics 365 squads to go through the Tuckman model of forming, storming, norming, and performing that's necessary for them to grow, to face up to challenges, to tackle problems, find solutions, to self-organize, and start delivering results. The first thing we have to do is to decide how best to form two squads out of a group of 12 people. None of us have really worked together before, so we've only got a few days together to learn each other's strengths, skills, and preferences. I've thought about whether to form teams based on the organization's line of business, but so many requirements cut across lines of business that that doesn't seem to make sense. I've also thought about forming teams based on the parts of the platform, and to have one team focused on unified service desk and integration, and the other focused on the unified interface and all the user experience and front-end features. What I've come to realize is that I've hired a bunch of really experienced Dynamics 365 professionals, and I'll have to trust that they'll naturally find a way of organizing themselves into two squads. They don't need me to do it for them. I've got to let them go and let them organize themselves, with Carol's help if they need it. So I'm going to let the tribe organize itself into two squads. It doesn't really make sense that if we want the squads to be self-organizing in their delivery of software, that we should manage them in the formation of those squads. Instead, letting them form their own squads is the first opportunity for them to exhibit and practice self-organization. The last thing on my mind isn't so much a risk as it is an exciting opportunity. 
And that's the DevOps ambition we have. In previous projects, I've automated how we combine item solutions, that's a single user story represented by a single Dynamics 365 solution, into a release solution. And then we push those around the different Dynamics 365 instances. In the Jupyter program, we plan to take our DevOps capability to the next level. Building on the great work that MVPs like Well Hamsey, Jonas Rapp, Scott Duro, and others have published within the Dynamics 365 community, I'm really excited to see how fast and how far we can go with CI, CD, and automated testing. And I'll talk about more on that on future podcast episodes as well. Okay, so I've talked about some of the yellow flags, the warning signs that concern me a little as I set out. But overall, I think the Jupyter program is in great shape. There are some really encouraging positive signs about the Jupyter program too. The existing team, who've been working on the procurement and planning phases of the program, have, without exception, been great to work with over the last couple of months. I recognise that I've only been here for two and a half months or so, but the programme pre-existed my involvement for more than a year. I don't want to name all the folks one by one, but I'm impressed with their passion, experience, ability, and most of all, their alignment around the vision and the lack of politics in this organisation. I've been really impressed by the organisation's dedication to member service. It's already got an amazing culture of service excellence that I'm excited to build upon with Dynamics 365. It's not like we're trying to transform or turn around a failing customer service department. We've got a great organisation and we're trying to make it even better. And that's an honour for which I'm extremely grateful. I'm also grateful for the opportunity to be able to hire the Dynamics 365 tribe that I'm so excited to work with later on today. Brisbane's a small city of just 2 million people but it's got some amazing Dynamics 365 talent. 12 of them will be working on the Jupyter program, and I get to learn from them, share my experience with them, and convert some more people to Dynamics 365 and Scrum. I look forward to updating you with all the progress that we make on the Jupyter program in future episodes. Hopefully, I can share some positive forward momentum and real business outcomes. No doubt, I'll also have a few lessons learned to share as well in a very public podcast retrospective. Look out for those updates in future podcasts. In the meantime, stay awesome, stay agile. Thanks for downloading and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and recommend CM Audio to all the Dynamics geeks you work with. And if you'd like to share your story or thoughts about starting a new Dynamics C65 project, both the best and worst experiences you've had, I'd love to hear it in the comments wherever you see this show posted. Thanks for now. Bye. Our mission is to ensure that you can use the Scrum framework to successfully implement Dynamics 365. CRM Audio listeners can get discounted access to the Introduction to Scrum for Dynamics 365 video training course by visiting crm.audio slash scrumdynamics. Consider it your bonus for listening all the way to the end of each of these podcast sessions. The course features over three hours of video content covering the Scrum theory, roles, events and deliverables, There are case study videos where I share lessons learned from applying Scrum to my Dynamics 365 projects. And there are quizzes to test your learning and a practice exam to help you prepare for the Scrum.org Professional Scrum Master Level 1 exam. Hundreds of students have taken the Introduction to Scrum for Dynamics 365 online course. You can read some of their testimonials and find out more by visiting crm.audio slash scrumdynamics.